Welcome to Your Path to Nonprofit Leadership, the weekly podcast that explores the very best in productivity and professional development in the nonprofit sector. I'm your host, Patton McDowell, and you know we often talk about the challenges on our leadership path, and like all executive directors, Justin Dion has certainly had his share. But what made my conversation with him so enlightening was how he embraced opportunity. And his experience at the Kane Center for the Arts is a great case study for any nonprofit leader who wants to maximize an opportunity right in front of them. How do you engage your board when presented with a unique opportunity in your community? How do you build your team? How do you engage your community? And perhaps most importantly, how do you design a campaign to raise $25 million? Well, that's exactly what Justin had before him and a great opportunity to utilize his professional development plan and build what has become a very successful startup nonprofit organization. I'm sure this will give you many ideas about one fundamental question. What will you do when presented with an opportunity with your organization or perhaps with your next organization so that you can maximize all that this opportunity will bring forward? As always, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. And of course, your reviews are most appreciated as we are trying to expand our audience to others like you who are focused on all things related to nonprofit leadership. Without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Justin Dion. And three, two, three. Justin, thanks for joining me on the path. Thanks, Patton. Glad to be here. Well, as you know, the conversations I have on this uh, podcast really feature people like you who've been through a nonprofit journey, trying to figure out where to go next and things like that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm eager to hear kind of the lessons you've learned, the advice you've gotten, because a lot of our listeners, of course, are folks either thinking about joining the nonprofit sector or on the nonprofit path trying to get into a leadership role. So maybe the first question is, how'd you get on the nonprofit path? Frankly, uh, I didn't realize I was getting into the nonprofit or that it was nonprofit when, when I got into it. Um, so I graduated undergrad in 2008. And that was, you know, an interesting time. And, yeah, and not that I was aware, because at that age, you're not really paying attention to the economy and everything right. like that. I mean, right? All I knew is that I finished my college degree and there, you know, where's my job? Job market was not good. Right. Well, and of course, I've, I have an undergrad degree in theater arts as well. So there's, add that on to it. Right. right? And so um, a little bit tougher. But, uh, but, but so I took a couple years. And by the time I finally... Um, entered into a job that was a stable job, um, it was probably about, uh, let's see, I graduated in 08, and it was 2010 when I, when I had a job that was a stable job, and it was at a theater company, wow. and I was just grateful to have it. And I couldn't have told you that that was a nonprofit theater company or a for-profit theater company or what it was. I was just glad to have a job, uh, <laughs> and I was really glad to have a job in my field that was even better, of course. Right. Uh, and, and I you know, did a year as a technical director there, which was backstage work, right. and then I was um, offered a position to become the marketing director, which was my first kind of salaried position, and so that's, I guess, where officially my journey began, I guess, in, in nonprofit, although I will say that for I was an actor for when I was younger for a couple of years, and I always worked at nonprofit theaters, even though, again, I couldn't have told you they were nonprofit. I just knew that I was just an actor at a theater company. Uh, so I guess my whole, a, a lot of my career has been in 
in the nonprofit sector. Uh, even if you weren't fully aware of it at the time. Aware of it, right, right. right. Um, yeah, even if I wasn't aware of it. Well, all those experiences I know came together to, I guess, lead to the leadership role you have now. I've mm -hmm. heard you describe before each of those experiences, kind of in the theater of programming and yeah. marketing, community relations, yeah. all still influences the role. And tell us about the role you have now. Yeah, absolutely. So right now I'm the executive director for the Kane Center for the Arts, uh, which is based in uh, Cornelius, North Carolina, which is in the Lake Norman region, uh, right outside of Charlotte, uh, North Carolina. And uh, wonderful region, wonderful project, great opportunity, really grateful to be working on this kind of project that's going to really impact and change uh, people's lives uh, in the in that region in the state, uh, but yeah, I think I think it's interesting. Yeah, it's been a culmination my my journey, if you will, up to where I am now, which is still, as I mentioned, very early. It's not over, right? You no, still got a long uh, yeah, ways. Right, I admit, right. Like I am still very young and very early in 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 my path. Uh, so uh, so just grateful to to be able to do what I'm doing now and just learning, learning, learning. How'd you know the Kane Center, what is now called the Kane Center? I guess it wasn't when you first arrived. It was not. That's a good story we'll talk about, yeah. but how did you know this opportunity in Cornelius was a good one? That's such a great question. Um, you know, uh, uh, I'm, uh, can I tell a little story? Please do. So when I was, uh, I was living in Chicago at one point after undergrad, I did a couple, I did, after I graduated in 08, I did a little bit of time in New York and a little bit of time in Chicago. You know, I just kind of traveled. And, Saw the world and, a little and, bit. Yeah, right, and lived right. in some towns and cities and waited a lot of tables, did some <laughs> side work and things like that, right. uh, you know, as us theater people do. Um, and there was one point in Chicago when I was there and, and things were a little tough. They were going all right, but some other things were going on. It was just a little tough, tough, you know, at that point. And, um, and I was talking to my father on the phone and I was telling him about it, and so my my dad says this this thing, and he goes, "Okay, so uh, so what are you gonna do about it?" And I was like, "What? What do you, what do you mean? What am I gonna do about it?" And he's like, well, "What are you gonna do about it?" And I just had this moment of, "Well, I'm gonna change it," that and was a and that was a big aha moment for me that I'd made a decision that when opportunities came around and when things you know, in my life needed to change, I was gonna try to, I was gonna make an effort to change it and, right. and take that opportunity and take those leaps, which, which helped get me to the jobs that you mentioned before yep. and becoming, going from a technical guy to a marketing director to then going from a marketing director to, a, to managing a startup, smaller theater company in Salisbury. And then, you know, now this opportunity, I was at graduate school at Florida State and I had, had, had met these people here in Cornelius right before I went to Florida State for graduate school. And, and, and I, this project was such a, you know, a, such a unique project with the right leadership at the right time, I think, in the, in the community. And, uh, and it was going to be something that was, that's going to make a big difference. You just sensed that. Yeah. You could oh, tell. I, I, you, you, I knew it. Right. I mean, I knew it. it How'd you know? Just kind of a vibe that you felt or yeah, I mean, the people was, you dealt was, with it was the right combination i mean it's like that secret sauce i guess right like it had a, the secret ingredients were going into the pot and it was all circling at the right time and it is still all circling at the right time and it's it's uh you know it's interesting i was reading i've been reading simon sinek's um newest book um called the infinite game oh yeah you know and, uh, and he talks in it about how you have to have a worthy cause. 
And there's and it, like kind of what he talks about is, um, and he, you know, he talks about the infinite game versus finite games, and then he says, well, in order to move forward with that, you have to have a worthy cause, and you have to have like the right leadership, and I can't remember exactly all those sure. things, but uh, but when I think about our project, that's exactly like we are we are we have all these kind of things that are lining up just right, um, that 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 it's 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 coming together really nicely, and it was such an opportunity, and I knew it. Uh, because don't get me wrong, there are always opportunities where you could do, you know, you could just become a position at this one company and, you know, you could just become a position at this other company, but, but to have an opportunity to completely change the landscape, to completely um, impact and, and change a community and communities of people and create something that's going to impact people for generations uh, doesn't come along often. Good point. And you know what? And even if we were gonna fail at it, which we're not, but at the time, right? You, you didn't mean, know. So, you so never I know. I chose to leave graduate school, full full scholarship, full ride at Florida State University for theater management. I chose to leave that because you knew the um, opportunity was that good. Because I knew this opportunity was there. And and now, could I have told you that it was definitely that we were gonna be where we are now, definitely, and that we were definitely gonna achieve this, and definitely gonna unlock, and here's the timeline, and it's all secure, and no. Um, it's a leap but, you of faith, know, a bit of a leap of faith, right, yeah, which you have to take. You're absolutely right. But you know, I think my, my history thus far, my short, short history thus far, has been like, I'm, I've kind of found this niche as like a, as a nonprofit and arts entrepreneur. And the big impacts don't come without the big risks. Right. Right? And, Good and lesson there. You have to be willing to, you have to be willing to try. Like I said, what are you going to do about it? Well, I love the way you phrased that. And clearly the board there saw great potential in you. Your leadership in Salisbury was evidence of that. My board is fantastic, has always been fantastic, and they approach things in a thoughtful and process-driven way. Yeah, they, um, what a, a best practice they are. And, and, right. But let's talk about when you arrived, what was the project that you were charged with completing for our listeners who are not familiar with what is now the Kane sure. Arts Center? Um, so the Kane Center for the Arts, uh, what we are now, when I was hired was Cornelius Arts and Community Center, Inc. Yep. Uh, it was a nonprofit. It's a public-private partnership. So this project started with a, uh, an economic development idea in yep. the town of Cornelius where they would uh, create a, uh, they wanted to see economic development. So they got some, they put together a bond proposal for the uh, town, the citizens to vote upon, and in that bond proposal was a mix of dollars for transportation and parks and rec, and then also economic development in the form of an arts and community center. Yep. So there was four million dollars approved by the voters. Uh, they then they then said, all right, well let's research what that means, and they took a couple years and did that, and they decided they wanted to do a, a public-private partnership that there would be a nonprofit organization created that would partner with the town that would basically uh, business plan create the company, create the concept, design the building, and then operate the building and operate the company once it was built. And the town would own the property, but the nonprofit would would nice. lease, long-term lease, and, and uh, operate the property. Not uncommon. Right. A lot of the arts f um, assets, facilities that are in um, Charlotte area have, have done that same thing. And it's, it's very common around the United States and actually starting to become, in my mind, one of the... Uh, one of the best ways to, to create it's way this of the kind future, of isn't it? Even I, I, more so. It's becoming my personal opinion of that. Right. Um, of course, there's different ways. Sure. But that's where I'm starting to lean. 
Um, so with that, uh, when I got there, they had some initial big ideas. Uh, and, and I said, hey, so love this. Thanks for hiring me. <laughs> Super excited to be here. Um, is my job to build this and to assist with building this? Or can we still do some business planning? Can we still? They said, yeah, let's, let's do it. So we did a market. It wasn't fully set in stone at no, that sir. point. Yeah, no, it was right. not. Um, so I engaged in a market study. We used a great um, Charlotte-based uh, uh, firm, uh, consulting firm, Next Stage Consulting, assisted us with that. And they did yeah. some great work um, with helping us with that. And we did a market study and found out that um, what, what we found in the market was a little bit different than maybe what the initial ideas of the project were going to be. Some but surprises? I mean, there were things that were not exactly yeah, what yeah, to be expected. Yeah, but that's right. okay. Sure. Um, that, that was great. Knew. It was great, right? Um, yep. I'm, I'm data I'm, I'm very data-based when it comes to things, and, and, and it's one of the things I've been um, grateful to develop and still keep working on is my balance between the creative side of me from the arts Good person, but then still being able to balance that with like business thoughts and practices, right. and mostly business thoughts and practices that I've developed along the way by meeting others, mentorships, reading books, professional development type stuff that you're going to, I'm sure, I'm talk big, about I'm later. I'm a big fan of those, um, yes. But, but yeah, so, so basically, long story short, we, yes, we kind of flipped the idea a little bit, changed some of the design, changed some of the business plan in a very good way, sharpened our vision. Uh, one of the first things I did, too, is said I'd really like to do a values retreat um, with the board uh, because, again, I'm going to talk about Simon Sinek again, but start with the why. You know, why? was that the nature of the retreat? Kind of asking uh, yeah, questions yeah. like well, that. And, and, and you know, any of us that work in nonprofit, we really know that it's based on your mission. Right. You I mean your mission is your backbone. Your mission is the why, and our values are also are also part of the why, right? So because there's always going to be opportunities. There's always going to be board changeover. There's always going to be staff rotation at some point or another, and and how do we know how to guide them and what is their job and what is what is the mission of the organization so we had a mission statement when i got there but we didn't have values yet and i wanted to take a second to establish those so that i knew with a project like this that is a 100 percent startup 100 percent startup we needed to establish the values first because there was always going to be in a startup you you live in ambiguity good point you live in ambiguity which is great right it's, it's fun and it's terrifying at the same time. Yep. But if you're going to live in ambiguity, I just believe that it helps if we can have our values set so that it can help us guide through some of that ambiguity. Well, I'm impressed that you did that because, again, I think most in a startup nonprofit would be just focused on we got to go raise money. And clearly you had to go raise money, but the, you oh, felt... Oh, I heard that for the... Um, you got, so I've been there almost three years, and remember, we didn't start raising money until probably... Um, 16 months it was so I started in June of 2017 and we made our first asks in August of 2018 because you knew that we needed strategic clarity mm -hmm. before just going out and raising money yeah but th there was probably pressure oh, on you to why aren't you raising money already yeah, there was definitely a lot of um, <clears throat> questions that would come up why aren't we raising money yet why haven't we asked anybody for money yet yep. why haven't yep. we um, and that's okay. I, I mean, hey, again, the strength of my board, these people were, e my board was eager to raise money. That's right? a good thing I mean, too, like, right? am I going to complain about that? Right. No, I'm not, right? There are so many organizations and people I know that work for organizations where they're pulling teeth to get their board members to want to raise money. Right. Um, 
So I had the opposite problem, where I was kind of like trying to almost Hold say, back. whoa, 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 thank you, great energy, love your energy, love this energy, but let's just clarify some vision, clarify some mission, clarify some thoughts first. Um, because, you know, fundraising, I mean, work some, sometimes, you, you get, especially at the beginning, right, you want to you wanna make those first, first asks really count, and you want to you wanna try to do, do the right thing because you want the momentum. I uh, love that. And I, well, let's talk about board building. Again, you were fortunate to inherit a very talented group, but you've done some great work to add to that, maintain it, strengthen it. What would you say are some of the keys to this strong board relationship you've developed? Um, my board chair is fantastic. Yeah, starts with leadership. Yes, my right. board president is amazing. My whole board is amazing. I had to clarify that. But, sure. But, you know, my board president and I have that. And that's another thing I will say. Sorry, going back to one of your early questions. How did, I know this was, how did I know this was the opportunity, right? That board president. Literally the individual that led the yeah, board yeah, told that you. that was one of the things. No, well, that's, yeah, one of the things about him and about how he is, and about who he, who he is and how he operates. When I was interviewing for this job, and, and I know people say they do it, but I really was interviewing them as much as they were interviewing sure, me. Sure, sure. Um, because I knew, what, I knew what they wanted to do, and I knew that it was very um, ambitious. Sure. And I knew that maybe they weren't quite sure yet of the scope of what this could turn into. And so I wanted, so my biggest thing when I was interviewing for this job was making sure that the board understood the gravity of the situation that they were engaging in. Good and point. that they were willing that they were willing to do that work and go that extra mile and really commit. You got that assurance. And I did. Right. Yeah, I did by meeting them and talking to them too, you know, that and a lot of the and a lot of that comes as we all know, executive director, your relationship with your board chair, I think is is one of the most important things. Um, one of the most important things. And you know, my prep board president and I we're we're a partnership yeah, well, I was going to say, what makes that such a yeah, good relationship? We're a, we're a partnership. We, you know, we, we talk, people, we, we talk more than me and my wife on the phone, <laughs> honestly. Like, I mean, you know, I mean, my wife and I, we see each other at home a lot, but like phone calls and, and time, you know, I mean, we, we, my board chair and I talk so much. Um, and because he's not just a, a leader in our organization, but he's a mentor um, right. to me and a mentor to others in our community. He has experience and respect of others and he has, he listens so well. And uh, so yeah, we, we really partner in how we operate the organization in that way. You know, there'll be things, he's a resource. Absolutely. Right? I mean, he's a resource. He's, he's I, I know that I can't do everything and, and he'll, so we divide and conquer yes. in that way when things need to get done. Um, and, and I mean, honestly, some of our, and that's not just him, my whole board works that way. So, so through this project thus far, I've grown so much in my ability to, to think about how to work with boards and how they work with us. Um, because we're, when I first started, we were a, I was the only full-time staff member. Um, now we have three uh, full-time staff members. Yep. So, and, and we're running a $25 million campaign. Yeah, we haven't mentioned the number, Sorry. but it's significant. Oh, yeah, so, so no, hey, there's the, aren't you? <laughs> spoiler alert. As um, a starting startup organization, you embarked on a $25 million campaign. Yep. Um, but yep. back to your point, you established kind of strategic clarity, 
before you made we sure yeah because we had to figure out what the campaign was exactly when i got there we didn't know what the building was we didn't know how much it was going to cost we didn't know how much we were raising we had to spend a year getting organized clarifying that vision right. um and and doing like an unofficial feasibility work right how did you approach staff building we've talked about board development right you've done that very well how did you approach kind of the staffing model that you are now on um I mean, several ways. So at first, of course, it was all based around fundraising. And so yeah. we, you know, used this great. Um, when I first got there, we wanted to figure out who our consulting firm we were going to be working with was. Um, and we had a couple, you know, opportunities, a couple relationships and tried out a few. And then we found an amazing one that we worked with, um, <laughs> Pat McDowell and Associates. <laughs> Um, full disclosure. Uh, but, you know, honestly, uh, we, what was great about that was that we found Penny with that and Penny who, my colleague, who, who, yes. colleague who works with you at, at Pat McDonald Associates and she was phenomenal. And so for, you know, a year to a year and a half, we had Penny and Penny was my development department, like unofficially, sure. right, as a consultant. Sure. But she, and what was great was we established that at the front end. We basically said, hey, we, that's what we need. We're not just, we knew we were looking for the right relationship in the partnership of the consulting firm we were looking for, not just a firm that was going to sit back and just kind of stand in the back and say, yeah, that's good, yeah, that's not good, right. yeah, that's good, yeah, that's not good, but someone's going to get in the dirt with us. Roll up their sleeves, kind of. And gosh, yeah. Penny was perfect for that. And right. then Penny even helped us put together what our development person we were going to be when we hired them. Um, and so when we hired um, Allison, who is now our development, who was our development associate and now is our development director. Yeah, absolutely. It's t so sorry, to your question, we didn't have some master plan yet. We do now. When we first started, it was about finding the right people, more so than creating the right position. Right fit, is yeah. that what you mean? Yeah, it's right. about finding the right person. It's okay. about finding the right people especially now in a startup firm, in a startup phase, and I'm convinced of that right now too. After doing a couple of these, this is my biggest one, so yeah, I haven't, good. but after doing a couple of these startup type things, it's about finding the right people, not, not creating like this like rigid position and saying, well, here's my definite position, and then I'm gonna find the people to fill this position. Great point. I think in a startup atmosphere especially, you wanna find the right people that, are, that have the right energy at the right time, and that can commit and get passionate about your project, you know, and, and, and that are, have the flexibility as well um, to respond to an ever-changing project. I mentioned ambiguity earlier. That's yeah. all we are, you know. And, you gotta adapt, right, to the changes. Yeah, and, and Allison jokingly, one of the first things she called us when, we, when she first started working for us was she started calling us the cowboy campaign. She said, she said, because take all the rules and throw them out the window. She's like, you guys are cowboys up here. And I said, yes, ma'am. <laughs> so she, that, had to be a, she had to be a cowgirl then and yeah, yeah. to and that's, survive but, 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 that. that's, but that's a person, right? I can't write that in a job description. Must be willing to jump on a cowboy campaign and break all the rules. Good point. I mean, right? You, you just kinda, that's something you kind of got to figure. And now we have, we do have a strategic plan that over the next five, four to five years as we wrap up the campaign, start construction on a 32,000 square foot building, right? And then go into operations of, you know, by the, you're talking from now to two years from now, you're going from a staff of three to probably a staff of like six full-timers and several yeah. part-time and then hourly underneath that. I mean, a full operating arts and community center. Um, so we have the positions, the ideas of them, but I'm still Flexibilities. going to approach it. Yeah, right. All the hires, because they're the first ones, right? When you're right. hiring the first one, 
the first ever development director we're going to have, the first ever program coordinator we're going to have, the first ever. I mean, these people are going to be the ones that set the bar, that help to create the culture that we, that we create, that 10 years from now is the culture of our organization. So you're hiring for so much more than a position. You're hiring for a leader. Like, I got to hire a team of leaders. That's a great way to put it. Right? I mean... Not just what you need now, but people that can grow into the role you're going to need. Yeah. Clearly, it's been successful already. And uh, you bring a passion to this project, to your organization. Talk about why the Kane Center for the Arts is so important for the community. You know, you've had to make that case to a lot of folks. Clearly, people are responding. Right. What is it about this project that's gotten people excited? Right. Uh, it's that, that worthy cause. Right, that worthy cause that I mentioned earlier, Simon Sinek says a worthy cause. And that's what we are, you know, our, our project is a worthy cause. So anyone familiar with the Charlotte region and North Carolina in general knows that, that, that the cities in North Carolina have had a lot of great growth. Um, Charlotte, obviously one of them. Uh, I, I grew up not in Charlotte, but outside of Charlotte in a, right. in a, in a small town north of here, um, Salisbury. And so I've, I've watched through my, you know, short existence on this planet thus far um, and and you know Charlotte uh, has grown more than just beyond the city center uh, you've got these great pockets of neighborhoods and places and communities that surround them uh, and you know that I mean just just like uh, for an example, and this is a much bigger example, but think of other municipal areas and large cities in the United States you know if you think of you know New York City like not everything's in Manhattan right there's you know Brooklyn and there's Queens and there's and even within that there are the neighborhoods within Manhattan right right and each of them still have identities within themselves uh, and that's what's starting to happen in Charlotte which I right. think very which cool. is cool right right we're starting to create the diversities of, of the areas and and I think that's great personally like I, I think that's exciting I think it's great that people can start to create their identities in those way and identify their neighborhoods and and we um, you've made that case haven't you or I possibly yeah well you're getting there but yeah so so I think you know the areas up where we live uh, which we consider our our area in our market the Lake Norman region so right. it includes North Mecklenburg South Iredell East Lincoln and West Cabarrus counties okay. uh, you know about 350,000 people currently projected to double in the next 10 years Wow. Um, and you know the only the 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 only access to publicly accessible, um, you know, arts and community facilities like this is for them to come down into Charlotte City Center, and and into you know uptown. And look, I love I love uptown Charlotte, and, sure. and gosh, Charlotte is in such an amazing job with the with the um, institutions that are here now, right? With the support of the ASC, with the leadership here in Charlotte, the and they over the years of building all these great assets here in uptown, um, but you don't really have that up up where we are yet, right. and right. and there's a need. And I mean, and it's not just you know, and and so, so we're there, you know, and that's what we're doing. And and it's not just for that; it is an economic development engine as well for the downtown of Cornelius, which it will definitely. We all know um, arts and economic growth and how they work together and the importance of them. Um, so yeah, it's it's the right time, it's the right place, it's the right people involved, and it's and it's it's a worthy cause. Such a great way to put it. And you've, you've made it much more than just a capital project. You've connected the community. Yeah, we're you've not, demonstrated we're not, the we're access not building, to... We're man. We're changing lives. That's 
I mean, I know, and that sounds head, you know, pie in the sky, I right, guess. Right. I guess this guy's head in the clouds, but it's the truth. Well, it, it, I, you've addressed so many of the topics I want to talk about, but Sorry, I still I haven't. Sorry, I talk way too much. You know I, I'm, I mean. I'm eager to embrace your enthusiasm. We've talked about the startup, the startup kind of concept, your board, your staffing. Let's talk about you and how you manage this. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is the running joke with a lot of my guests. Um, but clearly you manage a lot of activity. And so productivity is kind of one of the hallmarks of this podcast. Yeah. How do busy nonprofit professionals like you keep all the moving parts in order? So have you found particular ways to stay organized or stay as organized as you can? Yeah. Um, yeah, and I'm learning every day, more yeah. every day. Always Still a project. Yeah, every right. Day, every day looking to be better and looking to find more ways. And I love listening to your podcast and hearing what um, Other people some try. of the guests <laughs> and folks say because I, I take notes and I go, oh, maybe I'll try that. Um, so yeah, I'm a big um, list guy. A lot of, I know everyone says that too. So I have a small whiteboard and one day I'll have a bigger whiteboard. But even back to my Lee Street Theater days, which is where I built in Salisbury, I had a huge four by eight whiteboard and, and I organized my whiteboard and I have like quadrants, right? Because there's always projects you're working on and I would kind of have like, all right, so as I was thinking about my season planning for next year, I would have that with like ideas of shows written on that, right? And then I'd have another quadrant of like immediate to-dos Right, and then I have another quadrant of like grants and when those deadlines were and when that had to be done by. So that was one way, and I do still keep a smaller board right now that I have my immediate to-dos. Uh, my Outlook calendar is crucial, of course. We all we all have that. That's your digital kind of yeah, device in that Outlook sense. Yeah, calendar's huge. Yep. Uh, if some, I always say if something doesn't make my calendar, it's not going to happen. Right. Um, and that's the truth. Uh, and uh, and also, but I'm I, you know since I've moved here, uh, one of my board members really um, taught me a lot about Gantt charts. And I have really become a huge, huge user and believer in Gantt charts. Why does that help you? Um, it just helps you. So, so obviously what we're doing with this project, it's all about project management. I mean, I don't care if it's developing the staff and the timeline in which that has to be done, thinking about when our budget requests are due to the organizations we need budget requests to, when grants are, how our fundraising cycle works, how our marketing plan and strategy works. Projecting it all out. Projecting Is that, it all out. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, our construction timelines are, I mean, so you're absolutely right. And I sometimes, I, I guess I don't think about it a lot. Um, I mean, I do. But if I think about it too much, I'll feel overwhelmed, right? right. Is, but I, I, I break sector it, down. it out. Exactly. I have, to, I, have, I have to sector it out, and I always have to understand where I'm going and where I am in retrospect of where I'm going, or it makes me nervous. We kind of joke in our office that we like to keep the, um, if you could see me, you can't, um, but we like to keep the wave right about here. Right above your head, uh, for, those right listeners, minute, for those listeners listening in, right. The minute that wave starts to crest, you know, and you can see it in your, you know, in your view, is when you're like, okay, stop. We got, we got to take a minute and and reorient or something like Love you want to keep the wave right here got it. A good ride the wave you but not be that wave right knocked here. down you don't want to let the wave start cresting over your forehead got it you know and that's kind of how we like to think about it and we do that and and you know and it's about about every we always say right now in our organization we tend to have a life cycle of about six months our plans now don't get me wrong you look have, at everything in six month increments basically in immediate right okay. in the immediate what's going on now okay. we have ideas out farther than that don't get me wrong i have sure. charts to go out to five years right but as the immediate it's six month chunks tends to be 
the yeah. life cycle that we've noticed in our company That's good. thus far. Close enough, but far enough, I guess, to yeah. be effective. Well, and it gives us the flexibility that I think a startup has to have. Good. Um, that's one of the fun things about a startup, right? Is you're a, you're a small ship. We right. Can, we can turn that pretty wheel. Nim you're pretty nimble, yeah, aren't you? You're right. absolutely right. Nimble is the perfect word. Thank you. Well, great advice in terms of organizational, and I guess you have been a champion for professional development in general. Talk about how you continue. You've talked about coaching. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you consume a lot of professional development content. Yeah. Tell me what are the ways you keep yourself sharp and, frankly, continue to get better. Sure. Um, so I well, and so I, I'm I'm committed to to that idea of continuing making myself better and 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 being sharper because that's how I got to where I am. So right. just to circle back earlier to one of the first questions you asked me yep, yep. about my path to, uh, I'm where I am because people saw potential in me and they mentored me and they gave me advice and gave me opportunities that I, at the time, I couldn't have told you that they were being my mentor because I just wasn't, my awareness was, my awareness was low, right? Sure. I mean, I was sure. 25, 26, 27, you know, low awareness. But you had instincts that these people had some good things to say. Oh, absolutely, right? right. I've right. always been able to say, I know what I don't know. Right. Um, and there's a lot of things I don't know I don't know, but you know, along with that um so because of that because there are people who were able to give me their wisdom and their thoughts and 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 guide me and opportunities I've, i have a lot of opportunities to learn and listen and i've you know throughout my professional life thus far i've always found myself like the youngest in the room um which which is at times intimidating and at times frustrating but you know at the end of the day i'm very grateful for that you took advantage of it though didn't yes, you yes yes i've right. been able to take advantage of that because these people know a lot more than me and their experience is fantastic and i just want to be a sponge and soak that in and so along with that now right so i went to graduate school because i wanted to make myself better yeah like i decided literally you decided I was running that a theater company when i decided it was time to leave running my own sorry not my own we were a nonprofit but I was the you know, managing artistic director of a company that I helped to build, of an organization that I helped to build and create, and I decided to leave that to go back to school because I wanted to be a better leader. And so like with that, I did, and now, to what you're asking once I finally get there, is that I love, um, I don't read like I should. Well. I wish I could. <laughs> that was the cool thing about grad school is I got to have a year to actually read. Uh, you do have a new baby at the house. You do, do have things going now, on, so we're going to... That's an excuse. But you're right. I don't read like I should. Um, I consume a lot of content, though. So I'm that... I'm how? that, I'm how that do you do that? millennial, man. Look out for me. Um, <laughs> what are you now, consuming? The, what are you the, consuming? I'm on, the, I'm on the early, early end of the millennial, right? Because I was, I was born in 84. But, um, but, so, but I consume more content. So I listen to podcasts yep. like yours. Um, I watch YouTube videos. Uh, I do the you know social media. I mean you know the Instagram, the um, LinkedIn. I mean all these things, and I, I like snippets, right? Because I can I can I can Just consume bite-sized pieces that. of yeah I can right. consume that, and it may lead me later to to a forty-five minute you know YouTube documentary or or something like that. But but that's um that's how I get a lot of my stuff, a lot of my info, and then also mentorship. I've got a lot. I mean, you're you're one of my mentors. I mean, you know, I mean, you help me a lot and give me a lot of. You and I can just get together and you give me all kinds of information and ideas and thoughts and and uh, you know, I'm just so. I've been so um, 
you know, not to use this word, I think it's overused sometimes, but I've, I've really been blessed to be able to sit in the room with some really awesome people. Take advantage of it. Oh, man. That's like, even in this project, there's days I've gone home to my wife, and we've sat in the room with some people that are very, very... I'm, 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 so I got to sit in the room with Hugh McCall up in his office. Yeah. A, you le- a about, legend in oh the... Oh, my gosh. Like, yeah. But just, just getting to scene. sit in the room and just, like... Soak it in. Yeah. And listen and, and, and think and take in the nuances. And because of, I think, my theater history, like, it was interesting. You were telling me earlier about fast-forwarding through podcasts. I don't know if I could do that because I listen for the space in between the words. That's very interesting. Like, so you can really you know absorb. I mean? So yes, you can really my, absorb. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, I think my, my training from when I did theater and as an actor that you learn that it's not, it's, there's, it's, not, it's what's not said. It's the gestures that are made. That's it's the great advice. it's the raise of an eyebrow. It's it's the unspoken that you really that speaks the loudest, a lot of times, right? And so when I get to sit in a room with someone, that's when I I always prefer usually to meet someone in person if I can, and and because you so can good. really take it in. Well, and, and you and I both as fundraisers, that is such a good lesson, isn't it? That's right, because and we talk about we it. Sorry, now I'm gonna lie on my mood because <laughs> because. Um, and this is one of the things I've been blessed with as well is, is my ability to connect with others and you can really connect with people when you're looking them in the eye and you're able to adjust your seating or you can change how you're sitting or you can it just it's so much different than just the words being spoken than just the words being spoken right um, and I've had that opportunity to learn those gestures and how people do those things by watching them and soaking it in um, that's, you know, and that's what I watch when I learn from people. I, it's not just, I mean, yes, I listen, absolutely, but I listen with my eyes, too. Uh, that's, that's such good advice. And Justin, you've given great advice in every category. Is there anything else, if, if you're advising someone, perhaps, that's considering a nonprofit opportunity like yours, a startup organization, they're new in their careers, or, mm. I mean, everything you've said certainly would give them good advice about staffing, board, planning. Anything else we have not yet discussed that you might add to the list of someone like you? Get, man, I, I mean, like I say, I don't have I don't have it all figured out by any means. You keep know, learning I'm, every day. Keep keep learning. There you go. Keep learning every day. Surround yourself with people who know a lot more than you do, and uh, and and learn from them. You know, I mean, I mean, I. I learn from my, my staff that I work with, you know, and I don't like calling them my employees. Like, I hate that. Right. I, I hate that. I, I call them our, our team, my team. Good. And it's the truth. Um, but I, I, learn, I learn from them, I mean, all the time. Like, I bounce ideas off of them. And it's interesting because I think people that, that come to work with me as a team member, it's something that they have to adjust to. Right. Um, because I obviously have a very clear communication style in that way. Um, and, uh, and it, sometimes it can catch on people off guard. <laughs> they're not used to that <laughs> they're style. To that. <laughs> they're not used to that. Right. But yeah, man, I, I'd say learn. Keep learning. Keep listening. Uh, keep, keep trying to make yourself better. Don't be afraid to, to fail, you know. Um, I mean, you're going to have that fear. That's okay. But, but, but go for it, you know. Go for it and, and, and make mistakes. Great. Words Sorry, of wisdom, Dolph. Talked way too much. I'm, really no, that's, I'm delighted to have you uh, express all of this. Where can we find out more? 
about you and the Kane Center for the Arts. Of course, I'll have all these nuggets of wisdom in our show notes. <laughs> Poor people. No, we've got lots of good stuff, us, but uh, no, they, they are still here. <laughs> all right, where can they go look and see what's going on? Um, obviously, our, our website's uh, kanearts.org, so it's yep. C-A-I-N-A-R-T-S.org, um, uh, as well as social media channels. This year, we're launching a, a big content, uh, working with wonderful folks down here in Charlotte-based Wheelhouse Media, uh, and launching a huge online content spree this year, because this is the year, by the way, in our campaign, um, $25 million campaign, and as of the end of January, um, we are 60% to our goal. And fantastic. so our goal is to raise the remaining nine million dollars that we need this year in 2020. So we are, That's and we've been in quiet phase, kind of for for, sure. my, for my development people. We know, you know, we've been in quiet phase up until now, and so we're we're going full bore now. And so we're going to be launching a, all of our social media channels: uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, we're looking into doing the LinkedIn thing as well. So sure. just just keep an eye on all that. Um, as well, and hey, at the end of the day, really the best thing they could do is is look me up on our website and call me and let's go get coffee because I'd rather talk to you in You're person. You're a good man. <laughs> you are a good advocate for that kind of professional development face to face. Well, good luck to you and everything you've got going on. And 2020 is going to be a big year. Thanks. Thanks for all your help. Uh, delighted. Thanks for joining me on the path. Well, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Justin, and we'll spend some time designing your plan to take advantage of professional development opportunities that are on the horizon for you. You certainly don't know when they might appear, but like Justin, you'll be ready to take advantage of them if you put your professional development plan in place. As always, don't forget to take advantage of the show notes and the post on our website, PattonMcDowell.com, and feel free to share this episode with others that are on the path to nonprofit leadership. Thanks for all you're doing in the nonprofit sector and for building a professional development plan that will help you get better and therefore allow you to better serve the causes that are meaningful to you. Have a great week, and I'll see you next time on The Path.